Previously, on Clash of the Titans. I'm Ryan Veter, and I've got my friends Jenny Paladna and Emily Bogheim here. So this is the game we've got right now. Taco <laughs> Fiction. It's not technically armed robbery if the gun's not loaded, right? Every time I eat a taco, I think, what if I were invited to eat dinner with the queen? I have a crime to report. Jenny, do you want to keep mugging her, or should we stop here? <laughs> Well, let's keep mugging her for a turn or two. And I, feel, I should get going. I feel really bad now. Yeah, I feel terrible. Do you want to ask her her name and yes. we can all find out together? Yes, let's. It's Zuleika. Pleased to meet you. Zuleika is a real name. Sure it is. So, uh... What else is there to do in the uh, building? <sighs> there's, a, there's curtains in the windows. I remember some newspaper clippings. Mm. Oh, let's look at... Yeah. Dozens of photographs and newspaper clippings chronicling the life and lives of an independent dairy farm. There is a full-fledged narrative here with personalities and ambitions and twists and turns, but at its heart, it is a narrative about cows and therefore fundamentally uninteresting. I remember that joke. I like that joke. Yeah, I like it too. Let's have a look at the checkerboard. Checkers always make you think of chess, and thinking of chess always makes you feel inadequate. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is mostly based on a real ice cream place in Iowa City. Mm. Um, partially based on a real ice cream place in Waterloo. The newspaper clippings and the idea of a independent dairy farm is all from... Here, the uh, the ice cream place in Iowa City was a Dairy Queen, but it was a Dairy Queen with a lot of personality, and it had a checkerboard that was not built into the table. I don't think, but for the game, I had to make it built into the table because otherwise, you'd have mm-hmm. an extra thing. Yep, and we would be picking it up and walking around for the rest of the game with a checkerboard tucked under our yeah. arm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like all those people who played Robin and Orchid with the Super Nintendo. <laughs> the the uh, birdcage. The birdcage is the worst one. Because everyone assumes the birdcage in Robin and Orchid is going to do something. Oh. Nope. It's just a real birdcage from my church. So I put it in the game. <laughs> I think I pretty quickly determined that it wasn't worth picking things up and carrying them around. Like that wasn't the kind of game. <laughs> uh... Let's see. Can we play checkers with Zuleika? You absolutely can. Yay! I think, actually, maybe you get need to get to know her better first. Mm. I mean, we've already tried to mug her. How much, how much <laughs> oh, relationship I, do we need to build? I, if this I, were I know, The maybe... Sims, our relationship would be <laughs> minus 90 right now. Yeah, yeah, I think actually that we might have locked ourselves out of getting to know Zuleika by mugging her. <laughs> Really? Um, that would make sense. It would make sense. Because you should be able to ask her about the clippings. Ah. Uh, oh, man, that's terrible. That is really awful because that, getting to know Zuleika is the best. That almost makes me want to restart really quick. I could do that. Okay. All right. So I've replayed the game up to uh, going inside, get your licks. And this time we're not going to try to mug Zuleika. So now I'm going to, um, I'm going to buy some mint ice cream. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that contributes to getting her on her good side. Okay. Oh, and we asked her about her name, so I'm going to... How are you this evening? Well, business has been a little slow, so I've been bored, I guess. How how are you doing? This is the conversation you can have if you don't... If you don't mug her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your options are, oh, I'm fine, I've been better, and actually I'm doing pretty pretty terribly. Should we just tell her we're doing terrible, and then she can tell us she's doing terrible? And... Okay. Okay. Yeah, me too, to be honest. What's going on with you? Your uh, options are, um, it's kind of a long story, actually, and, well, I lost my job a while back, and then dot dot dot. Let's tell her all about our job and our miserable car and (laughs) all the rotten things. Yep. You go through the whole thing. At one point you realize that you're rambling, but your mouth keeps moving, and the story continues in far too much detail that she pays attention to the whole thing. Wow. And when you finally finish and she says, wow, that is a lot worse than my situation, you actually feel a little bit better. Did we include the bit where we mugged a guy? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now you can do Would You Mind My Asking. We'll get her name. Zuleika. Yeah, yeah. Let's and, do uh, that. And if we if we a- examine the what do you call it clippings, mm-hmm. and we examine the chessboard, and we talk to Zuleika, and we say, "Would you mind my asking now?" We can ask about the newspaper clippings. They are they're all stories about my family's dairy farm. All this ice cream comes exclusively from our cows, and we use exclusively non homogenized milk, which is different from homogenized milk in that dot dot dot. A few minutes later <laughs> you realize that she's done talking. <laughs> so like I did a I tried to make the uh player character gender neutral because mm. I I had heard people complain that People were having genders assigned to their player characters arbitrarily. Like, why doesn't? Why do I have to be a man in this game? Nothing mm-hmm. in the game has to do with that at all. So I said, fine. If people don't like a gender-specific protagonist, then I'll make someone gender neutral. Uh, people did assume that this character was male. Mm-hmm. I think partially because Zuleika listens in detail to your story, but you totally tune out hers. <laughs> <laughs> Zuleika I'm probably sorry, deserves better than this guy or gal. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing that people assumed that I didn't intend is mm. that there's a romantical <laughs> thing going on between them. I mean, she's uh, she's super hot. Mm-hmm. She's very, <laughs> very clearly a desirable love interest. But now, after buying a ice cream and. There's another gender political thing to say about this. Mm. I'm sorry. Um, after buying ice cream and uh, hearing about her situation and asking about the new clippings, the newspaper clippings, now you can uh, ask her to play checkers, which wasn't available before. Cool. Which plays into the problem of women in video games being puzzle boxes. Mm. But whatever, it doesn't make sense to play checkers with someone you haven't gotten to know. Right. So, do you want to play checkers? Yes. Yeah. 
She says, oh, sure. She trots with you over to the low wooden table, and you each take a seat. The checkers are divided by color and then arranged in the appropriate configuration. Then the game begins. You are not a master of the art. You do not normally take a lot of time considering each and every possible move, but your opponent is so cautious and deliberate that you feel like you have to slow down if only to be polite. Her eyes are narrowed, but she's smiling, and you can tell she relishes the opportunity to take something like this way too seriously. (laughs) Presently, you realize the board is a mess. It's absurd that the game should be this close when it's this far along. There must be some release to this tension. Some sort of button you can press to bring the whole thing crashing down. And then suddenly your eyes refocus, and your mind is completely clear. You can see it. You have never had an epiphany in your life, but you are having one now. (laughs) You can make a dumb-looking move that will force her into a position where you'll be able to jump every single one of her pieces, and can she do anything to stop it? No. She definitely can't. It's not just a great move you've found, it's a foolproof gambit. You glance up at her and try to read her expression. As far as you can tell, she doesn't see it. So now the question is, do you take the move? Do you make the stupid-looking move and destroy her? Or do you make the smart-looking move and let her win? Say yes if you're going to let her win. I feel like we should let her win. Do you? I don't. No? I feel like we should play fair. Also, I'm competitive. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Let's kick her hiney. So I'm going to say no. Because we're not going to let her win. No. I was you thinking take... I felt bad for mugging her in the last <laughs> episode, but we didn't do that this time, so we're fine. <laughs> you take the move that seems like an idiotic move. She looks at you quizzically. Then she jumps every single one of your pieces. How did oh! she do that? <laughs> oh, you missed the that one there. <laughs> you, you didn't see that one. Ah. Uh. You didn't have to let me win, she says, smiling. But thanks a lot anyway. I needed something to cheer me up. Aww. Aww. Well, that's nice. Can I... (laughs) This is my game. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm going to uh, yak about it for a second. Sure. The whole point of this game... um, That... The the point of this game... (laughs) (laughs) One of the big things that I put into this game, anyway, is what I think led Jenny to come up with the idea of a Vitor reversal. And it's uh, specific to this game is this motif of the character not being able to tell what's going on. So just in the office, for example, you have the safe that looks like it contains money, but it doesn't. You have the statue of a wolf head man that turns out to be a real man. You have the desk that looks like it has two drawers, but they're actually the same drawer. You have a wardrobe that looks like it'll contain something useful, but it doesn't. And here you have the move that looks like it's going to win you the game, but it doesn't. And on and on and on, as in as many places as I could, I had situations where the player character's assumptions about things are just wrong. And I think that that's an interesting technique and one that interactive fiction is really well suited to because you can just say, you can just lie to the player. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's up to you, Jenny, whether that actually applies to everything else that I've written. Um, you know, it actually doesn't apply in that many other cases, but mm-hmm. in Statue Yami High, you kind of knock it out of the park. 
<laughs> yeah. Plus, I like I like pontificating about sure. things, whether or not there is actually a lot of evidence to back me up. So I'm going to stand firm on the uh, the idea of that the Vita reversal is um yeah. Well, can I can I ask this then? Sure. As long as it's possible for someone else besides me to execute a veto reversal, mm-hmm. then I'm fine with it. Sure, yeah. Okay. I just didn't want it to be my thing that I lie to players, because mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable with what is probably the truth. Wow. That's... There are a lot of layers in that statement. Well, <laughs> I'm a brilliant writer. You don't want it to be your thing... That you lie to players because you're not comfortable with the truth, so therefore you're lying to yourself about lying to the players. Yeah. Wow. I definitely meant all of those interesting things when I was <laughs> producing those words. Yeah. No, I think I think anyone anyone can totally do a Vita reversal. Good. I hope they do today. Uh, let's see. Oh. Um, now that you've gotten to know her, you can ask her if you... Do you know about any weird cults around here? Ooh. I'm going to ask that. <laughs> cults? She frowns. I know that people act really weird around here, that's for sure, but I've never heard of any cults. I guess a good cult has to be secretive about it, right? Well, if they're a secret cult, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I'm going to examine the curtains. Okay. I'm going to eat this gelato. If this ice cream shop really were a mountain cottage... You would be able to peer from behind these curtains and see a pack of wolves standing around and howling at you from across the snow. <laughs> That's from Dr. Zhivago. Sure. Okay. Anything else in Zuleika's, or should we go uh, look around? Did we ask Zuleika what was wrong this time round? Uh, oh. We have that option, so I'm going to try it. Okay. Yeah, she goes through the same uh, same speech. That got unlocked after you told her how horrible your life was. But we took our time. <laughs> getting around to showing an interest. <laughs> yeah. Well, but now, after uh, that whole speech again, which I won't read again, um, you guys are probably the best of friends. Oh, good. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go uh, east. Well, no, if you go east, it says, past here, the people get friendlier and the nightlife gets less dangerous. And it's all a little too well lit for a night like tonight. The scene over there is for people with nice outfits they want to show off. People who can afford to complain about how boring their gainful employment is. Well, we should go and mug them then. (laughs) I don't think this game is having a good effect on you, Emily. (laughs) It was Uh, was all that peeking in the hide-and-seek game from the last episode. (laughs) That just set her on a path of crime. There were uh, worse we... crimes in it once, but I edited at least one of them out <laughs> during the beta period. Yeah, what was it? I'm not going to tell you, actually. <laughs> I didn't think I wanted anybody to know. That's a secret between me and the one beta tester who found it and was horrified. <laughs> oh, I bet I know what it is. Yeah, I think yeah. I have told you. I'm, I don't think you have told me, but I'm inferring, and I'm actually, like, creeped out by what I assume you did. Oh. Does it involve <laughs> the baby bird? Shh. Oh. Uh, We're just not going to rit- think about that. Yeah. Uh, so, I went back to the alley, and 
the piece of paper is still there because I haven't taken it. And uh, a bearded gentleman slinks out of the shadows from up the alley. Ooh. Yeah. Let's have a look at the bearded gentleman then. The bearded gentleman seems put off by your attention, but slows down for a moment because he's an NPC. <laughs> this man's beard is not a I was too busy to shave this weekend beard. It's the kind of beard a man could take to a job interview. Heck, it's a beard a man could put on his resume. <laughs> Where is a beard this classy going at this time of night? Another point in favor of this PC being male is how much they obsess over other people's facial hair. <laughs> Yeah. Also, I think it's maybe like uh, a female person would maybe consider other options um, in desperate times than going and robbing. Well, that's a thing. Um, to say that the fact that robbing a taco stop, taco stop, <laughs> taco stop. <laughs> <laughs> To to say that, like, uh, robbing a taco stop makes you, is is evidence, or, like, is conclusive evidence that you're a man, Mm -hmm. is to say that women would never, a woman would never rob a taco stop. Right, and I don't think it's conclusive evidence for you being a man. Yeah. Yeah, I just think that it makes it more statistically likely. Absolutely. Statistically speaking... It's very safe to say that this guy is probably a man. <laughs> but I don't know, this guy could be a woman. Like it bugs me a lot because I guess I put a lot of thought into it because I don't want people to be like talking about that instead of talking about everything else in the game. Sure. So I end up talking about it and not anything else. Actually, no, I can talk about a lot of things all the time. <laughs> forever and i realize now that people are going to listen to this podcast (laughs) and hear me picking apart every single detail of this thing i wrote in a really kind of selfish or egoistic or egotistic Mm. manner i want to apologize for all the stuff that i didn't edit out you want to talk to the man i'm gonna yeah let's talk to the man uh the bearded gentleman seems put off by your attention but slows down for a moment again um can i help you your options are how are you this evening what's that thing you're carrying where are you headed have a nice night and point your gun at him let's interrogate him yeah let's uh, show him an inappropriate attention to whatever he's carrying <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh you mean this this is just a sleeping bag going camping Mm-hmm. yeah a lot of camping to be had around here uh, that's not one of the options. <laughs> that's, that's too bad. And you didn't tell us what the options were. <laughs> oh, they are, how are you this evening? Where are you headed? Have a nice night, and point your gun at him. Okay. Let's ask where he's headed. Where yeah. is he planning to camp? Yeah. I'm meeting for a friend. What? What? <laughs> I'm meeting for a friend is what he says. <laughs> <laughs> that's not suspicious at all. But they won't for a while, so I'll just... Don't you have somewhere to be yourself? Now your options are, how are you this evening? Have a nice night, and point your gun at him. Can we mug him? Can we mug him? Can we mug him? We can mug him. Okay. 
Pulling your gun out of your pocket and pointing it at the bearded gentleman requires some mental and emotional exertion, but even if your body language betrays your anxiety, the process has its intended effect. The narrator is a lot smarter than the character. He's a too afraid to run, but he backs away a little. He even tries to put his hands up, although it isn't easy while he's cl- holding that cloak in them. Mm. I don't think it's supposed to say cloak. Yeah, because we didn't know it was a cloak until yeah. just now. There's like a bit of code in there that determines, but it doesn't work. Uh. Uh, or maybe it does, I don't know. Okay, 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 he sammers. What do you want? Now your options are, hand over that cloak. How about you give me your wallet? Where's Paco? (laughs) 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 And why don't you tell me what the heck is going on around here? Those are all good options. Emily? Let's... Let's demand his wallet to get started. Okay. Yeah, we can keep demanding things as long as we have the gun, right? That's true. He says, I left it in my other pants. He shrugs sheepishly. The joke here is that the player character is believing that. <laughs> uh, hand over that cloak. Where's Paco? Why don't you tell me what the heck is going on around here? Well, we'll, we'll have the cloak, cloak anyway. Yeah. Okay. What's something out of this transaction? I think that's going to end the conversation. Oh, well, never mind. I think. So let's do the second one. Uh, he scrunches up his face in apparent disbelief. Who? I don't know anyone by that name. And then if you ask him to tell you what's going on, uh, he says, You mean you don't know? You're in over your head, pal. He cackles. But then he reconsiders his statement. Or maybe you're not in over your head. But you definitely don't know what you're dealing with. That's for sure, pal. So now your only option is hand over that cloak. Yeah. Oh, okay. Actually, it doesn't end the conversation. No worries. Sure, sure thing, absolutely. He tosses the mass of fabric to you, and you manage to catch it with the arm that isn't busy pointing a gun at him. And now you can... What he was carrying underneath the cloak. There should be a verb there. (laughs) Maybe like C. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Some kind of cobra mask. Now your only option is, and toss me that mask, too. Uh, yeah. Throw me the idol and I'll throw you the whip. Right. Sure thing, sure, the bearded gentleman cries. In retrospect, the word toss was a poor choice. He throws the cobra mask in a high arc, forcing you to take your eyes and gun off of him as you attempt to complete the pass while holding a gun in one hand and a big heavy cape in the other. The bad news is, the guy ran off down the street. The good news is, at least that mask didn't fall on the pavement and break. Yeah. No, this is good, because we needed to get rid of him so we could keep doing our stuff anyway. Right. I feel really good, actually, about making the only option, or at least I think if you hadn't, if I hadn't forced you to go with those other options before, then you Mm -hmm. still would have had those. But forcing you into asking him to toss the mask, it's, I think it's possible to, I don't know. Never mind. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Anyway, now you have a cloak and a mask. Boo! Should we get dressed up? Let's have a look at them. Oh yeah, let's look at them. It must be a cloak, and not a blanket, because blankets don't have sleeves or hoods. Most of the time. This isn't one of those blankets with sleeves, anyway. It's a long, (laughs) black, hooded cloak. Was this written before the Snuggie became a thing? I think this was written right when the Snuggie was a thing, and now it's 2014 and no one cares anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And if we examine the mask, the teeth and scales glitter. 
The eyes look dead. It is one creepy mask. The wide cobra hood makes it kind of difficult to get a cloak hood over it, but it's not impossible. Yeah, we should get dressed up now. Okay. Wear cloak. Wear mask. First, you have to take the cobra mask. What? What? Whatever. You were carrying it, according to me, but I don't know. You put on the cobra mask. I think that it would have bugged you about taking off the sunglasses if I had remembered to redo that. Get the sunglasses? Yeah. Yeah. So now you're dressed up. What do you want to do? Uh, Where was that guy? Let's go show it to Hmm? Should we go show it to Zuleika? Okay. Zuleika notices you noticing her and smiles. Talk to Zuleika. She frowns. Hey, could I talk to your face instead of that creepy mask, please? <laughs> She's pretty smart noticing that it's us under the creepy yeah. mask. That's true. When she only just met us. Uh-huh. And yeah. we didn't hold her up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried that we're in like a Clark Kent situation here with this mask. <laughs> and there's not actually as much coverage. <laughs> <laughs> Well, should we take off the mask and show her what we... Yeah, maybe ask her if she wants to hear something weird. Um, look at this crazy mask is a option, so I'll ask that. You hand it over to her and she regards it suspiciously. Where the heck did this come from? It's creepy. I don't like it. She pushes it back toward you. We're not going to tell her where we got it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No. You don't even have a chance. Yeah. And that was the only that's, new option? That's all that you get, yeah. Should we go investigate where the bearded guy was going? Well. Okay. If we go back to the alleyway where you met him, there's nothing new. Mm. Uh, if you go west to Paco's Tacos, or parking lot, uh, while you were away, someone parked their silver Honda here. Oh. Yeah. Maybe we should carjack it. Yeah, because you <laughs> know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. It would be easier if someone was driving it. I think I'm getting all my crime words wrong. Oh, yeah. I, I thought you meant uh, <laughs> hot wire. Yeah. I think I did. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah. Now I'm having a bad influence on Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try the door of the Honda anyway. Open Honda. The Honda that doesn't belong to you is locked. That's not fair. Yeah. People shouldn't be allowed to do that. <laughs> it's making our life of crime very difficult. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe What's the password a... to the Honda is on one of the tires. <laughs> I did not implement the tires, so the joke is on you. Oh, oh no. How does this car go? <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a look in the car. Yeah. Look in car. The shiny thing, I hate myself. The shiny thing we had no idea about? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If you examined the car, it would say that there's a shiny thing. Okay. Then when you look in the car, which is the thing you do second. Right. It says, the shiny thing is a knife, really a dagger. It looks like it's made out of gold and it's sticking out of a human body. There's a dead person in this car. Oh. Yeah. Now we've got a crime to report. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go over there and report the crime to the people. Okay. Uh, 
I have crime to report. Uh, there's a dead body in, body in that Honda in the parking lot. There, uh, Officer Bob frowns. Officer Ray frowns. They frown at you, and then they frown at each other. Officer Bob stands up. Okay, I'll check it out. You stay here, he grumbles, looking disconcertingly straight at you. He pulls a flashlight from his utility belt as he stalks out of the dining room. Officer Ray regards you with an expression that you are unable to interpret. Press any key to continue. That's the only... I make you press any key so many times in this game, Mm -hmm. and the times where I tell you to are randomly chosen. (laughs) About a minute later, Officer Bob stomps back in. Silver Honda, right? This parking lot right over here. He falls with a thud back into his seat. No body in there. Nobody in there. So thanks for wasting my time. Not to mention my time, adds Officer Ray. Oh, and now you have a thing. You have a new option. Are you guys really cops, or are you on your way to a costume party? <laughs> yeah, let's ask so him. Is the person wearing a big kite? <laughs> yeah. uh, the officers squint at you for a second. Then they both start laughing uncomfortably loudly. Hey, Cos Officer Ray, tell the story about when we busted the... Oh, you mean the... Yeah. Officer Bob clears his throat. <clears throat> Press any key to continue. <laughs> So this is a few years back. It's Halloween, and we're out in the country picking up speeders. It's not the most exciting place to be on Halloween night, but you do what you gotta do. Anyway, around midnight, we see this car. A Buick Park Avenue, interjects Officer Ray. Officer Bob gives her a dirty look. Can I tell this story, please? (laughs) We see this Buick Park Avenue, and it's all over the road. It's obviously kids partying. We were thinking probably they're drunk, so we pull them over. And I have the kid roll down the window, and inside it's four or five kids, and they're all dressed up like they're in Star Wars. Officer Ray counts on her fingers. There was a Jedi, there was a Princess Leia, there was a Darth Vader. Press any key again. Yeah, yeah, there was a Chewbacca in there, fur all over and everything. But I mean, I could tell right away these kids were all, they were under the influence of an illegal narcotic, shall we say. Anyway... I'm shining the old flashlight around in there and asking what's going on and all this cop stuff. And I ask the driver, he's the one in the Jedi robes, if he can show me his license. The kid has to reach under his costume to get his license, and the whole time he's shaking on a leaf. Shaking like a leaf, is what it says. It keeps going, you have to press the key again. (laughs) And as he's doing this, from the copious folds of his voluminous robe, I see a little bag of something fall out. And he looks up at me, and I give him my cop stare. I say, what's in the bag, son? Like in the movies. And there's always this moment, like a deer in the headlights. And he says, Ray, come on. Do you want me to tell it, or do you want to tell it? (laughs) No, sorry. Go ahead, Officer Bob. Thank you so much, Officer Ray. Where was I? The kid looks up at me, and he says, These aren't the drugs you're looking for. (laughs) They both bust. <laughs> they both bust up laughing. Anyway, that was the end of their party for the night. The end. That was a good joke. <laughs> uh, and then you have uh, the same uh, options that you had before. Okay, should we go back and look at the Honda again? Yeah, let's check the evidence of our eyes. Okay. Yeah. Look in Honda. Because this is a game about where the protagonist doesn't know what things are. Mm. The shiny thing is a knife, really a dagger. It looks like it's made out of gold, and it's sticking out of a human body. There's a dead person in this car. That cop doesn't know what he is talking about. 
examine body? Yeah, that's a dead body, despite what those so-called cops might say. You can't make it out very well from outside of the car, but it looks like they're curled up in the fetal position with the dagger sticking out of the side of their stomach. Let's try and break the window. I'm sure it won't work, but it let's says, see what happens. Property damage isn't the answer to this one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, should you go back and have another <laughs> argument with the cops? No, but you remember the solutions to the puzzle, right? No. No, oh, okay. not this one. I'm going to help you out because I don't want to take forever. Okay. Um, inside, get your licks. Blah, 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 blah. A number of cheap wire coat hangers hang from a hastily installed coat rack. Blah, blah, blah. Oh! So we need to get a coat hanger and do the thing where you unbend the coat hanger and make a little hook and unlock the Honda? Uh, somehow you managed to get away with stealing a 10-cent coat hanger. And, uh, yeah, you, then you have to bend it. Man, I feel terrible about that coat hanger. Uh, why don't you buy some ice cream? And... Okay. Okay, you already did, so good job. <laughs> um, now it's bent. I'm actually kind of proud of the uh, code for bending a coat hanger. Uh, probably unnecessarily so. Or I'm probably more proud than the ingenuity actually merits. But, uh... Then I think unlock car with coat hanger works. Yeah. You slide the bent hanger inside the window, assuming as best you can the posture and mannerisms of someone breaking into their own car. Eventually, the hook catches on something. You tug, it clicks, and the car door is unlocked. Nice. So let's open it and look at the body. Open car. With an incriminatingly nervous glance around the parking lot, you open the driver's side door and crawl inside. Inside someone's Honda. These are leather seats. Who puts a dead, bleeding body on top of leather seats? Who stabbed someone? (laughs) (laughs) Probably the same subset of people. Like, the middle of that Venn diagram has got to be kind of large. Right. Um, Look in. Back seat. With the lights in the car turned on, you can now see the mutilated body in all its gory detail. It is actually a black duffel bag. A golden dagger is sticking out of the top opening. I think we should steal it. Let's have a look at this. Yeah, we can look at it, too. Uh, look at dagger. It does not look like the kind of dagger you would bring to a knife fight. The blade <laughs> is long and thin and wavy-shaped for some reason with intricate carvings all up and down both sides. The handle is sculpted into the shape of two big birds standing back to back. Their feet form the butt of the handle, and their long, downward-curving beaks form the hilt. It's probably worth hundreds of dollars. Yeah, definitely. It's an assassination dagger, not a knife fight dagger. <laughs> okay, let's grab it. Take dagger. Oh, well, I tried to take dagger. That didn't work. <laughs> as soon as you can, as soon as it's in your hands, you can tell it isn't real gold. Well, that's unfortunate. Well, dang. <laughs> Our net worth hasn't even increased. <laughs> no. Nope. We're about two dollars for the ice cream. You're up three twenty-five from mugging a guy. Oh, that's true. Did you remug the guy when we started over? Yeah, that wasn't any problem. Cool. You have to deal with the guy somehow. <laughs> yeah. You can't just walk past him, even though he's the tutorial guy. Mm. But uh, anyway, should we show the dagger to Zaleka or keep exploring over to the west? Is it uh, the east? Did we- 
Did we no, check what? out the duffel bag? No, let's check out the duffel bag. Oh, yeah, the duffel bag. Uh, not only is it too small to fit a dead body inside, it's not even full. In the duffel bag is a fancy letter. Ooh. Let's read it. read it fancily. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I did this. Uh, the letter is a single piece of paper, embossed with a gold border and folded in thirds like it was delivered in a business envelope. The letterhead, also gold embossed, says something in Greek, which must be Russian or something. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. At least the main text is in English. Venerable brothers and sisters, circumstances have lately demanded that the meeting of, of our illustrious organization in this turning of the moon must be convened instead at our auxiliary location, accessible via the roof of your brother's most distinguished La Pizza building. A thousand thousand apologies are extended for this inexcusable lack of foresight that has necessitated this disturbance. You are reminded, O oh brothers and sisters, that acceptance into our mystery is forbidden to those who do not prove themselves by the sacred ritual and the entry to our auxiliary location is granted only to those who pay fitting homage to our guardian pet you are thus warned and then where the signature should be there's just this goofy code an upside down j a picture of a boot and then a picture of a teacup huh i think we could maybe figure out the ritual from the stuff that was going on on the screens like I remember a hand being raised and the dagger being pointed. Uh-huh. And nodding, I think. Yep. Yeah. Should we go have a look at La Pizza and Yeah, we should maybe grab the letter. I don't know if that's going to require it anywhere, but... Okay. Back by your Ford Focus over at outside La Pizza. You brought a date here once. You could barely afford it then. You definitely wouldn't be able to afford it now. Come to think of it, as expensive as that date was, it should have gone a lot better. <laughs> the dark red building, tall and well-kept, looks extremely out of place in this neighborhood. By way of contrast, the lot directly to the north is vacant, a jungle of weeds and trash. The name of the restaurant is displayed above the door in the form of a massive cursive neon sign, taking advantage of every flourish and curlicue that La Pizza Pizzeria can <laughs> offer. Above the sign, there are a number of windows, some with their lights on. There must be apartments or offices or something up on the second floor. That buzzing you hear is the fancy security system. Ooh. Can we look at the security system? No. You can't see any such thing. Hmm. Mm. Well, I'm going to push you in the right direction and go north. Okay. North of La Pizza. In real life, well, in real life, what's north in the game is east. But in real life, this vacant lot is actually a uh, laundromat. Dozens oh. of crickets jump out of your way as you make your way through the overgrowth. That's, I'm, uh, it says your way twice in that sentence. What am I doing? I don't know. <laughs> All kinds of weeds and grasses have found homes in this plot of heavily cracked pavement, studded with various pieces of litter. Looking around, you realize that the entire lot is fenced off. You're trapped in here with the reeds, weeds, and the refuse symbolism. But then again, you can always go back to the pizzeria entrance. A fire escape slashes its way down the north hall, north wall of the building. I kind of want to search the weeds just for thoroughness. If only someone had possessed the foresight 
to spread around some industrial-strength weed killer on this spot 200 years ago. Nothing? Let's look at the fire escape. The network of black iron stairs and railings appears to go all the way up to the roof. It can only be accessed from the ground, however, by means of the attached ladder, which is hanging unclimbably in the air. Oh no! Is our coat hanger still in a fit state uh, to pull it down? Yeah, I remember well, this puzzle. That's because this is the true Veter classic puzzle. <laughs> the thing I do do all the time. Uh, hook. Fire escape with a coat hanger. The hook of the long bent coat hanger catches on the bottom rung, and with a tug, the ladder falls noisily to the ground. Nice job. Yay. Fun fact, you can also hook it with the uh, dagger, which has beaks mm. on it, right. and the umbrella yeah. in your car. <gasps> Yay! I love multiple solutions. Uh, well, to there's only the one solution, which is get a thing with a hook in it. But yeah. Sure. Let's climb that fire escape. With a nervous glance around the vacant lot, you climb up the ladder and begin your ascent of the fire escape. Rooftop garden. Good grief. On top of this pizzeria, in the middle of this terrifying neighborhood, someone has cultivated a garden the likes of which you have only seen in movies about drug lords. Here is a tall shrub that has been cut into the shape of a naked lady. Here is a statue of a cat carved out of a block of marble or ivory or something like that. The flower beds are immaculate, lit by pale blue lamps in neat little rows. The centerpiece of the spectacle is a gigantic artificial waterfall. Wow. Yeah. I want to look at the waterfall. I like yeah. waterfalls. It's taller than you. The water must be pumped up through hidden tubes, it falls a great distance into the little pond, into a little pond, which feeds an adorable pebbled stream that runs into the flower beds and disappears. It's astonishing the whole setup isn't audible from the ground. It is very astonishing. It's almost like someone just decided that it shouldn't be audible <laughs> from the ground. Uh, look at the stream. It's just a tiny thing. You can cross it in a single step. Let's look at the lady. Is it supposed to be a topiary version of the Venus de Milo? But then it wouldn't have arms. Guess it's just a generic naked lady shrub. <laughs> Let's look at the cat. This cat is larger than life and carved in great detail. It has its eyes closed and its head tilted, as if enjoying a particularly good petting or scratching. Pet the cat. No subtlety here. <laughs> the cat statue produces an unnerving series of clicks, and all of a sudden the flow of the waterfall slows to a trickle, then stops. Now you can see what's on the other side. The fountain was obscuring a roof access door. How dramatic. Open the door? I think you don't have to do that. It's already open. Okay. Shall we go down then? Or maybe we should put our mask on. Oh, first. good idea. Yeah. Gotcha. The uh, waterfall begins trickling again, and before you know it, the roof access door is inaccessible again. Oh, pet the cat again. Sure thing. Uh, you push down the cat head and the waterfall stops again. I did say again. Let's go down then. Uh, oh, I hate myself. Going down makes you go down the fire escape. Push. Uh. Cat. <laughs> uh, enter door. That should work. Ah, roof access. 
you're inside La Pizza, finally. Well, you're inside the building anyway. There's not much going on up here except for the door to the roof and the stairs leading down. There's a button on the wall here labeled Waterfall Control, which is convenient. So much of this game, and I didn't remember doing this, is just like winking at, yep, it's a, interact, it's a text adventure, there are puzzles. <laughs> There's a big red button. Like It's really hinty in a way that isn't even trying to be subtle. But I think I think if people were being honest with themselves, they like that better than not knowing what to do, at least some of the time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm rubbish at puzzles. Yeah, me too. I would probably still be so... up there not having pet the cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's leave the waterfall control alone and keep going down, is it? Yep. Hey, there's something interesting here in this stairway. On this particular landing, there's a little window set into the concrete wall like you might use to look inside of a prison cell or outside of a prison cell. Other than that, the stairs go down and the stairs go up. Let's look through the window. The window is only about three inches tall and eight inches wide, and it seems tinted, but you can see plenty on the other side. A bunch of tables and chairs. It must be the La Pizza dining room. If only you could get inside! Actually, it doesn't look that nice from over here. But what does this window look like from the other side? Are you looking out of the eyeballs of a creepy portrait? <laughs> Why is this window even here? That's a good question. Yeah. No one knows. <laughs> no. No. Nope. Okay, go down. Uh, okay. There is nothing at the bottom of the stairs except a stain on the floor and some heavy-looking double doors to the east. The doors groan and open automatically as you approach. Ooh. I love examining stains. It could have been blood, or it could have been marinara sauce. Perhaps some combination of the two. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine the incident that would cause that. Uh, I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go through the doors. Uh, service tunnel. As you cross some invisible threshold, the doors slam shut behind you. This actually happened to me! Yeah? Yeah. It was in the tunnels um, underneath the hospital at the University of Iowa. I got into a tunnel that I definitely wasn't supposed to be in, and mm. the door did automatically open when I came up to it, because they expect like a guy with a forklift to be coming in carrying syringes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then... I went through the door, and I'm walking through this weird service tunnel hallway, and the door closes behind me. Oh, God. That's terrifying. And my first thought was, I'm going to put this in a text adventure. And my second <laughs> thought was, I'm trapped in here, and I'm going to die. But then I just walked back up to the door, and it opened automatically. Anyway. Oh. I was going to ask, did you ever get out? <laughs> <laughs> this looks like one of the tunnels they use to covertly transport uncostumed workers at Disneyland. The walls are exactly as tall as the ceiling and floor are wide, so the hallway is perfectly square, a fact which wouldn't normally seem so eerie. But these walls are sweating in the humidity, and there are ancient stains and cracks all over them. The lights are only bare bulbs, and they're spaced out too far apart. There's a human figure at the eastern end of the hall. <laughs> Let's look at the figure. You can barely even see whoever it is from way over here. 
This is where I would save if that was an option available to us. Too bad. (laughs) (laughs) Are we feeling confident that we know the drill well enough to fake our way past this guy? I'm cool with trying it. Oh, because you know who the figure is. Let's just try it. Listeners, uh, Jenny and Emily, who have both played the game before, are remembering that this is the wolfhead guy from the video. It's probably not obvious to a person who's never played the game before, or maybe it is, I don't know, but it's not supposed to be. (laughs) Uh, When you move east, the uh, name of the room becomes Service Tunnel, with a question mark. Uh, (laughs) Here, in a dark spot between two light bulbs, is a good place to pause for a moment, because from here, you can see that the person at the eastern end of the hall is a shirtless dude wearing a wolf face mask. Let's have a look at the dude. He's still far away, too far away for you to do anything other than covertly admire his abs. <laughs> I think he, if I, I, I remember that you can admire his abs. You, I admire the abs. <laughs> what does it say? Do you remember? No. It just says, "Nice." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Thank you. Uh, we're gonna go east again. This is the extreme end of the hall. (laughs) Like the furthest end of the hall, but also the radical end of the hall. (laughs) The doorway to the east is obscured by an ornate curtain. The shirtless guy with the wolf mask stands in front of the curtain, impeding your progress. Impeding your progress. Because he's part of a video game. (laughs) Now he raises his palm to you as if to say, halt. Okay. So we raise our hand to him, I think? Okay. Is that correct? That's what we're supposed to do, but let's high-five him. Okay. We do have undo. Oh, for Pete's... Wolfhead guy begins, but he catches himself. He crosses his arms and returns to his original stance. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you wait. The guard composes himself. You wait again. He raises his palm to you as if to say, Halt! Okay, so now I guess we should do it for real. Yeah, raise hand, I think is what you do. Uh, you raise your hand. Wolfhead guy stands there with his palm facing your palm. He leans in a little as if asking you to do something. Can we make out with him? I'm going to try kiss guy. You don't want to give shirtless wolfhead guy your cold, do you? I have a cold? Yeah, My you have a cold. My life is terrible! Yeah. Uh, the main oh, reason you have a cold is so that I don't have to write text for <laughs> smelling things. Oh. But then I also used it so I don't have to write text for kissing things. The True. guard tries to rub his brow to demonstrate his frustration, but he can only rub his mask. Then he composes himself, then he raises his palm, and we raise palm, hand, whatever. Mm-hmm. Now he leans in and asking you to do something. So now this I guess we point the dagger at him. I think it is. This guy is very video gamey. Oh, he is. <laughs> uh, you point the golden dagger squarely at shirtless wolfhead guy. He nods in response. Cool. And then we nod. And then we nod. I think you yeah. nod. This is apparently exactly what wolfhead guy wanted because now he finally steps out of your way. Cool. Let's go through the door. Or the curtain. You go through the curtain. East. Meeting room. What is this? Dozens of people are milling around. They're all in hooded cloaks. 
and they're all wearing creepy animal masks, except for the people who are wearing very creepy yellow glassy-eyed human masks. The room is huge. Where the heck is this room? And lit up with hundreds of little candles, enough to make the room unbearably hot. But the air conditioning is on full blast, so the flames just whip around crazily and they cast all kinds of weird shadows. At one end of the room is a raised platform with a podium. Behind the platform are two giant bird-headed statues. In the middle of the room is a massive table. Shirtless wolfhead guy pokes his head in through the curtain and nods at somebody. Let's have a look at those statues. Uh, as you approach the statues, their proportions shift and distort, and you realize they're both actually just giant cardboard cutouts. The statues are of two huge men in skirts facing each other. They're both wearing great big armbands and necklaces, and each one has a black bird's head with a long curvy beak instead of a normal human head. One of the cloaks breaks off from the group to take take the stage. When he steps into the light, you can see his mask is a long pointed face, a reptilian face, either an alligator or a crocodile, depending on what the difference between those two things is. As he nears the middle of the stage... The murmuring in the room diminishes, and the knots of people loosen into more of a herd as everyone turns toward the platform. I think alligators have narrower jaws, for one. Yeah? Yeah. I have no idea. (laughs) We'll go with that. Let's have a look at the crocodile alligator guy. A sinister visage, but not so much snarling as smirking. Is it an alligator or a crocodile, though? Well, the teeth point up. That's probably useful information. The <laughs> guy uh, in the... mites. <laughs> <laughs> the guy in the alligator mask raises his arms. Brothers and sisters, his voice rumbles, muffled by the mask. I'm getting the signal from Doug that everyone is here. So let me start out by saying I am pleased. I am beyond pleased to call to order this meeting of the mystery of Thoth. Or maybe it's Tote. Thoth, T-H-O-T-H. I'm going to say Thoth, but I'm pretty sure that's wrong. I'm almost positive it's incorrect. People can write in angrily and tell us what it really is. They don't have to, because I know it's wrong. Oh, good. I think it's Tote. Where have you heard that voice before? Where have you heard that voice before? Uh, Listen. Uh, Listen. The acoustics in here are good enough that you can't help but hear everything that's going on. The catering for tonight's meeting was overseen by Sister Heatherton, and it's a really amazing spread, as you can see. I think she deserves some recognition. Sister Heatherton, can you show us where you are? A woman near you wearing a hippopotamus mask. Is that stout mask woman? She's thinner in person. (coughs) Raises her hand. I had a lot of help, she giggles, but her attempt at modesty is drowned out by applause. Have we looked at the table yet? I was trying to ignore the food because it's lunchtime. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, uh, wait, I'm going to skip some of these words then. Okay. <laughs> sorry, I didn't want to cut it short. Uh, in deference to Emily, and also to give the readers something uh, something to uh, yeah. look forward to so they can re- play the game themselves and yeah. learn all these things. The Instead of was- a food word, you should just cough. Yeah. The table is laid out in this spiral pattern, rings within rings of napkins and punch bowls and plates and platters. <coughs> a, a tourbillon des hors d'oeuvres. 
that sweeps the eye like a drowning sailor toward the center of its vortex, an ice sculpture of a bird. So there's no way this player character would ever produce the phrase tourbillon des ordures. Yeah. No, the which, narrator is way smarter than we are. Yeah. That, uh, I think, means something like hurricane of hors d'oeuvres. Nice. Uh, the chocolate mousse in particular is just staggering, continues the alligator man. I'm sorry, I said chocolate <laughs> <laughs> As the ovation peters out. You don't serve this to the general public, do you? She shakes her hippo head emphatically, but Alligator Mask isn't really looking for an answer so much as he's trying to get a laugh out of the audience. Good. They don't deserve her like this, he growls. <laughs> and as everyone laughs some more, you realize who it is that's wearing that mask. It's Paco from Paco's Tacos. Although you're starting to suspect... Oh my goodness! <laughs> you're starting to suspect that Paco isn't his real name. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, you want to just wait? There's a bunch of text that you have to sit sure, through. Sure, sure. Um, ta- now before we get going, uh, let me remind you that Brother Kerrigan is playing tax man, going around collecting your offerings. Paco continues. Somebody on the other end of the room raises a stack of envelopes over his head. Remember, a lot of people are depending on us, and vice versa. And although the mystery of Thos has yet to be recognized as a charitable organization, another big laugh. Your support does make a difference in these people's lives. You all know Vic from the health department. He told me today that his family is going to Maui in a couple of weeks. I said, that's nice. So what are you going to do while they're away? Huge laugh. I'll wait again. Uh, time passes. Brother Kerrigan waves his way through the crowd, shaking his pile of envelopes at everyone he passes. But each one raises a hand as he approaches, as if to say, no, I'm good. When he's finally satisfied, he makes his way east, where the crowd parts to reveal a previously hidden doorway. Shall we investigate that previously hidden doorway? I'm down with that. Okay. Back Office of Thoth is the name of the room. (laughs) It's even colder in here. This is either an office or some sort of lounge. The walls are lined with shelves, but the shelves are all empty. Up against one wall is an aquarium, but without any fish. There's a long table in the middle of the room, but there's only one chair currently occupied by Brother Kerrigan. The window in the door to the north and a lamp inside the aquarium supply the only light. That fat pile of envelopes is here, but now they're all empty. Brother Kerrigan looks up from the pile of envelopes as you walk in. Oh, hey, you want to count these up for me? Great. I locked it up, but the key is is in there somewhere. He walks out, and the door softly closes behind him although the conversation in the next room is still audible. I'm glad everyone could make it. Sorry we had to change the venue on you at the last minute. We were hoping to do this in Sister Wit's Lounge at the Lafayette Cafe, but things fell through. I think it was a piano that fell through, right? Fell through the ceiling. This one doesn't land quite as well. Paco coughs. Well, let's get right to it. What is there as far as old business? Uh, You have to do something in this room. Yeah, I seem Let's to remember. Let's have a look at the envelopes. Yeah, I seem to remember this maybe being the time-sensitive bit, or maybe there's a time-sensitive bit coming up. Uh, this is the time-sensitive bit. It's not that bad. Okay. Uh, at least in my opinion. Um, a huge pile of black envelopes, each with a classy gold border on one side. They're all empty. Someone else speaks up. 
there is the matter of the interloper. Interloper, <gasps> do they mean you? Are you found out? I did a bad job. Or maybe that's just, you know, doing it in uh, spoken out loud form. But there are too many messages that end with questions that would seem to be asking the player to respond when really the narrator oh. doesn't care. So we should avoid that in the future. Okay. For now, we'll just work on the assumption that that was a rhetorical question. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, examine the table. The, this looks like a meeting table, but there's only one chair next to it. On the long table are a stack of maps, a crumpled list, some minutes, a cash box, and a collection of restaurant menus. I was actually hoping to save that issue for last, Paco Grouses. Well, I say we settle it now. She's been enough of an annoyance these past months. Then it's probably not you. You've only been an annoyance for a couple of hours. <laughs> Let's zero in on that cash box. A metal box of the sort typically guarded by moms running concession stands for high school football games. It's heavy, but it's locked. All of a sudden, there's a lull in the meeting room. What's going on? Should we look through the window and try and find out? I don't think there's a window. <gasps> there's no window. You said there was a window. I don't. I think Shh. I said that the door to the north supplies the only light, <laughs> but it might have a light huh. built into the door. It's a photo. <laughs> it's a bioluminescent <laughs> door. Yeah. Uh, what was on the table? Let's have a look at the list. The paper is old, and it looks like people have been crossing parts out, rewriting parts, and annotating other parts with inscrutable question marks over the course of months or maybe years. It must have started out as a typewritten table, a column of names, a column of positions, and a column of dollar, dollar amounts. For example, Bob Elliott, patrolman, $100. Most of these names you don't recognize, building inspectors and health officials, police, newspaper editors. But the mayor is on here, too. On his row, city councilman has been crossed out and replaced with mayor, and $5,000 has been crossed out and replaced with a much larger number. Maybe the meeting is over with, but there are no footsteps. I think we need to get that incriminating list. Uh, I think you're right. Take list. Oh, well, you can't take listy. That's not a real thing. <laughs> In a kind of nervous panic... You scoop up all the papers from the table in a big, messy sheaf. A tiny metal key falls out of this sheaf and onto the floor. Yeah, Yay! there's still somebody in the meeting room. You can hear murmuring. We'd better get the key and the cash yeah. box then. Uh, taken, or maybe there's no murmuring, just the air conditioning. Take box. Uh, taken. Someone from the meeting room spe speaks up and says, Hey, who's in the office? <gasps> oh. Oh no. Oh god. Oh dear. Whatever, you have plenty of time. Quit pretending to be nervous for the sake of podcast theater. <laughs> I'm not pretending. <laughs> what were the exits from this place? Uh there was north and there was the other one. West. The one that we West came in is where from. the scary people are. Let's not go there. Let's go north. North. Uh, the stairway, the, you're in the stairwell. The stairs lead up into dingy dimness. 
is a good sentence. I'm sorry. Yeah. I like that a lot. <laughs> uh, there's a commotion from the office behind you. Let me take care of it. Somebody snarls. Let's get out of here. <laughs> the stairs. Up. Yeah. Emergency exit. The stairs end here. There's a one door to the west, but it says emergency exit only. I think this is an emergency. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you hear someone stomping up the stairs. Now we'll go west. You lean into the door, which turns out to be less heavy than you thought, and stumble outside. Up the alley. Any further no- north, and the road gets too dark for any sane person to be wandering around alone. But south of here, there are street lights and a street. There's a door in the east wall, but it has no handle. Let's make ourselves scarce. Uh, south. Before you can scramble into the light of the street lamps, you fall to the ground, tackled by a huge man in an alligator mask. Paco Uh-oh. turns your body over and presses a fat elbow against your neck. Then he tears off your mask and throws it down the alley. What are you doing here? He <gasps> heaves. Oh, no. Your options are... I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. Well, it started out when I lost my job. <laughs> Three. Who are you? Uh, four. What are you whack jobs doing down there? And five. Point your gun at him. I want to tell him our life history and see <laughs> what he high. says. <laughs> okay. Number two. Well, with a monumental effort, you ex. ex- with a monumental effort, you successfully exhale the first sentence of your long, pathetic story. But before you can get any further, Paco, sla- Paco slaps you hard across the face. You've got, I don't know, who are you, what are you whack jobs doing down there, pointing your gun at him. Can we do I don't know? Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> you gag. Paco's elbow pressing down on your larynx. He does not ease up or respond. Now your options are, please let me go. I won't tell anyone anything. Who are you? What are you whack jobs doing down there? And point your gun at him. Should we go ahead and point our gun at him? I really want to say, what are you whack jobs doing go down there it. first? Okay. <laughs> go for it. All you can manage between shallow breaths is a weak, what, down there, which at least gets your point across. Paco leans in closer. We're business owners. We work together to contribute to this community. We keep people like you in line, he hisses, because you people don't contribute anything. Uh, We keep people like you in line, he hisses. It's a classic sentence of mine where someone uh, is described as hissing (laughs) a sentence that contains no sibilance. (laughs) I did not even catch that. It's the kind of thing that bugs me, but I apparently do it all the time. So, pull the gun on him now? Okay. Even though Paco has you pinned to the ground, some sort of miracle happens, and you're able to reach your gun. You point it at his face just long enough for him to realize what it is, and then you pull the trigger. Press any key to continue. Oh. I maybe shouldn't have pulled the trigger. You hear a sharp crack. An explosion. Press on the key to continue. You have to say something or I'm not going to move forward. Uh, E. Okay. <laughs> Which is odd because the gun wasn't... Oh, no. Now you're standing up and Paco is lying face down on the ground. Uh, examine Paco? Well, now we're, um... 
wasn't loaded. <laughs> Although you're pretty sure Paco isn't his real name. <laughs> um, that makes it so much better. Yeah. Because it is what we were doing. Yeah. But, sir, uh, Mr. Judge... It wasn't his real name, so we didn't kill him, actually. Nobody killed Paco. Any further north, and the road gets too dark for any sane person to be walking around alone, but south of here there are streetlights in the street. Paco is lying on the ground here. Oh, dear. Let's have a look at Paco and see what damage we did. Yeah. Belly down, in a fetal position, whimpering. If he's whimpering, then he's probably not dead, right? That's good. Then you hear a scream from somewhere south of here. Some doors slam and people yell at each other and then a dog starts barking. So, of course, every other dog in the neighborhood starts barking. And from that point, the noise becomes incomprehensible. The gunshot must have been across the street. Some guy got mad at some other guy or got mad at some guy's car or whatever. Somebody else's problem. Maybe it's time to go home. Yeah, I think we should maybe stop by the ice cream shop. Yeah, let's do that. We'll go over to the uh, ice cream shop. Oh, a nice touch. The uh, mask you were wearing ends up at the other end of the alley. Uh, Go back to the ice cream shop. Talk to Zuleika. Um, I guess, do you want to hear something weird? (laughs) Let's see. Um, You will not believe what just happened to me. Try me, she says. So you tell her everything, from breaking into the car, to the cat statue and the waterfall, to Wolfhead Guy, to the whole scene in the meeting room, to your epic battle with Paco. As you hear yourself telling it, it sounds stupider and stupider, but your friend is transfixed. She doesn't doubt you for a second. And then you show her the papers you found in the office. This is me, she says, pointing to a circle on one of the maps. This is proof that they're after me. And this list has got to be a list of bribes that they're paying to people all over town. The freaking mayor. You uncovered the huge, crazy restaurant conspiracy. (laughs) She pauses. We have to be careful about this. They're going to be after you, but we can lay low. We can take it slow. We'll talk to my parents. They can hide you up on the farm if they have to. We'll figure it out. Her eyes glint. In the meantime, do you need a job? As a matter of fact... Would you like to restart, restore a save game, see some suggestions for amusing things to do, quit, or undo the last command? Hang on, we never opened the cash box. Undo. We have to right. open the cash box. Yeah. Uh, unlock box with key. You unlock the cash box. Open cash box. Goodness. This is a lot of money. A whole <laughs> lot of money. Even speaking only in terms of how many pieces of paper there are, and a lot of them are hundreds, counting all this would take a lot of time and require some math, so you decide to worry (laughs) about that later. Your funds have increased by, let's say, about $50,000. Wow. Yeah. So now up in the corner it says you have uh, $50,007.12. Fruit, like a billion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is really stupid, actually. Um, the fact that the uh, amount of money in the cash box is $50,000 is the only reason that this has to be in Glocks instead of the Z machine. Oh, wow. 
which you know has all i'm i'm starting to turn around on gloaks i used to think that uh is a cop-out to use the more flexible option Mm -hmm. because true creativity uh exists within the constraints of the z machine but that's stupid right whatever you need the number 50,000 go ahead uh i would have faked it i would have just said you know append five and some zeros to the money but you can still spend the money on ice cream (laughs) (laughs) so if we wanted to we could stand here and spend our entire fifty thousand dollar fortune on two dollar ice creams yeah that's awesome thank you i did my best (laughs) um do you want to hear some amusing things to do sure let's see examining various parts of your gun touching the naked lady shrub (laughs) Um, (laughs) taking another coat hanger that you know what happens when uh, you try to take another coat hanger Mm -mm. Uh, you can probably guess um listening to the crickets Opening the trunk of your Ford Focus. Uh, looking under the stairs. And, uh, oh, engaging your co-workers in the discussion of the ethical questions raised by this game. <laughs> that would not be amusing. Co-workers are infamously stupid. But, yeah, that's basically it. Yay! I don't think you guys missed much. Cool. But, I, that's false. You missed all kinds of stuff. And a person who decided to pick up this game after listening to us play it would undoubtedly find lots of neat things that we didn't. Right. Maybe. For one thing, you have to play it again just to find out what food words Ryan was coughing through. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And And also, there are tons of hors d'oeuvres on that table. Yeah, and they all have unique taste descriptions. And eating, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Because of my weird obsession. See, I like to put a bunch of food in a game and uh, not let the player taste any of it. Yeah, you do do that. Yeah. So uh, I want to thank you guys for playing my game. Thank, thank, thank you for you writing for your game. for writing it and uh, oh. having us. Yeah. Sure thing. And uh, we should thank the uh, listeners for listening. Thank you. Yes, thank um, you, listeners. If you want to learn more about this podcast which is called Clash of the Typins, you can um, go to rcveter.net slash clash, um, or you can find us on Twitter, where we're... I have to look it up. I think we're T-Y-P-E hyphen I-N-S. We're T-Y-P-E underscore I-N-S. Underscore I-N-S, right. Type-ins. Hyphens aren't uh, a thing. Hyphens are not allowed on Twitter. And uh, on Facebook, we're, I think, just slash Clash of the Typins, because you can get whatever facebook name you feel like getting nice they don't care yeah and uh that uh, that's the end of the thing right i think so all right. Good night. Night, everybody. Good afternoon. Yeah. Good oh, right. Afternoon. Shoot. Have a good time. Yeah. In have a good lunch. Thank you.